Hello and welcome along once more to the Left Wing Back Podcast. What a weekend for Carlo GAA. A fantastic win for our horrors over Leash and of course a last gas victory for the footballers over Leach and what a goal from Colin Hulton. A goal worthy of winning any game. Fantastic stuff. Carlo back in the shake up there for promotion but a little bit of work to do. They face Wexford on Saturday at Netwatch Cullen Park at 7pm and we do hope that we get a large crowd in there on Saturday evening at Netwatch Cullen Park uh, to support the lads because they are worthy of the support as are the Hurlers. The Hurlers have a week off and then they welcome down to Carlo and I'm going to start a petition to get that game in Bahana. That would like to bring us out to Ballycran which uh, pretty much is next stop Scotland. I wonder if we went out to Bahana and St Mullins what would they think about us going up the next time? Would they have it in Uri? Anyway, that's a, a totally separate point for another day, perhaps. But on today's programme, we are going to chat with Stephen Miller of Leash today. Carlo and Leash seem to be on somewhat of a collision course um, in this year's leagues in both hurling and football. We know that they've played each other in both codes over the past number of weeks. And they may well play each other again over the next couple of weeks, depending on, on what happens. So Stephen will join us to talk about the Carlo-Leash hurling game and the collision course that the two sides are, are currently on, or the two counties are currently on. Uh, plenty of good stuff in there as well um, ok so let's go back to our results then and obviously as we've mentioned the Carlo footballers beat Leitrim by a point 214 to 116 Carlo Hurlers beat Leash on the day by 123 to 21 points in Camogie no joy for Carlo unfortunately this time out in the National League against Offaly they went down there on the day and they're not out now I think until the 9th of March but their minor side led by Shea Murray of Murray's Bar Ballamurphy are out this weekend and they face Kildare at 2 o'clock on Sunday. The venue is still to be decided. The Carroll Ladies footballers, they lost out to Leitrim at the weekend, but they're still very much in the mix there for promotion. So in Division 4, I think they go to semi-finals and finals. So next up for them is a clash with Limerick this Sunday at 12 o'clock and that one is down in Limerick. And it has, yeah, as we said, 12 o'clock start in that particular one. And I think the ground is, and forgive me if I get this horribly wrong, it has happened before, Fohana Castleman, I believe, is the ground with a 12 o'clock start there on Sunday. So we just want to give a, a special shout out, of course, to our sponsors. You mentioned one of them there, Murray's Bar in Ballamurphy, formerly known as the Hilltop. If you're down on the south of the county and you fancy a quiet point, Shane look after you there. Curra Sports, Carlos, up-and-coming sports clothing company, Emmett Moran of the Fighting Cox, very much involved there. And if you're looking for a bit of gear for the club, whether it's a jersey, a top, anything at all, pair of socks or shorts, hit up Emmett there. The lads at Curtis Sports will look after you. Podge Dunn Motors, Polly Dunn Motors to give this proper title, located on the O'Brien Road. Loads of lovely Volkswagen Skodas, Fords, every sort of yoke over there, kept very well and at very reasonable prices as well. Podge, a sound man. We'll give him a shout out. He done a sub 20 minute 5k with nothing in the system over at Grey Cullen there. And he informs me he's heading for the 18 minute target uh, coming up when he looks after himself a little bit more, he tells me. <laughs> It doesn't go mad the night before. But if I did a sub uh, 20 minute 5k, I'd be happy enough about that too. Rail Wheel Unlimited, on the go a long, long time. Your go-to for waste management services in Carlo. Detail menswear, Carlo, of course, and in Kilkenny. If you want a bit of clothing, you want to get rigged out for any sort of an event, whether it's your child's confirmation or communion, maybe you're going to a wedding, you could be getting married yourself, you could be going to court, I don't know. Detail menswear will look after you anyway. PFT Travel, they'll bring you wherever you want in the country. MJ Farrell has a fine fleet of buses after adding a 52-seater to it there, actually. So hit up PFT Travel on social media. And Earth Spas, of course, for home. A very well-known friend of ours, Bernard Mullen, has been on the go with them for quite some time. So hit them up there as well on the socials. Thanks a million to 
our kind sponsors and a shout out to Pat Horn Photography as well of course for taking fantastic photos he caught me rotten again at the weekend good man Pat so just bringing it back to the club stuff then for a moment before we have a chat with uh, with Stephen Miller and we get the results in the football leagues which round two did transpire the weekend so we'll start with Division 2. We'll just go back in, in order of the most recent games, of course. A Sunday evening, Division 2. A one-line apiece draw between Navon and Calavon Donegal. Fenna getting the better of honest surrenders by 2-4 to 9 points. Uh, then on Saturday in Division 4, it was Tumor 1-10, Calavon Donegal 1-5. O'Loughlin 1-11, Navon 1-11, a draw there. Uh, in Division 1 on Friday, it was O'Loughlin 3-13, Tinoyland 9 points. And Ratfilly had a narrow win over Palatine by 3-6 to 2-8. And Clonmore travelled out to Bagnestown and recorded a 1-6 to 6 points win in that particular one. Another shout out there as well, of course, there's big, big news around this um, Freshers football team in Setu Carros, led by Christy Bulger, uh, Paul Fahey, uh, Damien Farrell and our good friend James Clark as well. They are in action on Thursday in the Freshers final over at IT Carlo. I think it is a 7 o'clock start. Uh, but just check out the Setu Carlo GA page there, just coming closer to the time because they are liable. To, to change but yeah they're into the final the one against um, TUS Midwest by 3-11 to 1-10 I think it's Mary Ida face on Thursday overnight to Carlo for Adelou saying might be something worth going over to check out and give the lads a little bit of support so this weekend in terms of fixtures then we've given you the inter-county ones there in both men's and female um, and we're going to go across now to see what's happening in our Bulger Cup action in Hurland which is kicking off of course this particular weekend Friday night is when it's all happening. 7.30 star. Ballinkillen are at home to one of the Rangers. Nave Molling are at home to Nave Breed. And Bagnestown Gales are at home to Nave Owen. And just to be mindful that Kiltegan are actually in that as well this year. Just have a bye in the first round. There is football league action as well. So Friday night at 7.30 it's Ballin versus O'Hanrahan's. Also at 7.30 Division 4 action. You have Ballin and Raffili in Ballin then over on Saturday at 5.30 in Division 3, Paller at home to Aske. Uh, we've given you the word of the Carlo game. Bulger Cup Shield action then on Sunday at 12. You've got Monaster Rangers versus St. Mullins, Desplow and Boris. At the same time, Carrathown are at home to Bourne Rangers. And that is the lot as we speak. So, as we said, plenty of good stuff coming up here with Mr. Stephen Miller of Leash today. So do stick around and uh, strap yourself in because we don't spare things. We talk about um, refereeing decisions is there you know are we fair are we unfair that's up for you to decide after the course of the conversation we have a number of different gripes that we trash out over the next few minutes uh, we ask is there a sense of entitlement with Leash do Leash think they have a God given right to be Carlo in hurling and football ok they've done it quite a lot in football but recent history in hurling is quite different so we ask Stephen all that strap yourself in and we do hope you enjoy and don't forget to give us a rating at the end of the podcast if you enjoyed it thank you now on the Left Wing Back podcast, it is time for the return leg, we'll call it. We made an appearance on the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast a couple of weeks back, heading up to Carlo versus Leash in the Allianz National Football League. And of course, last weekend, we had the same two teams meeting in the Allianz National Hurling League. A far different result this time out for the hurlers. But joining us for the return leg is Stephen Miller, owner of Leash Today. Stephen, you're very welcome, sir. Thanks very much, Kevin. The first thing I'm going to say to you is the next time I give a prediction on your particular podcast, I am going to check in with Alan O'Reilly and Carla Weather. Because what I had said, I didn't really take in the, the, the weather considerations into it. It was never going to be a wide open game, of course. It was a dour enough encounter. It was definitely Division 4 stuff, wasn't it, the football? Yeah, and I said it on our podcast last week. I don't ever remember a Leash Carlo game in bad weather. 
most of these Carlo games have been in, in sunshine, going right back to 1995 and the two games in 95, even the games under um, when, when Turlock was over Carlo and John Sugu was over Leash. And even there was a Division 3 sort of game there one year. I think Leash ended up getting promoted and Carlo were relegated. That's the end of lo- lovely sunshine. You know, 2006, uh, Leash played Carlo in Amor Park. It was on the last year's Miko. Great sunshine. 2004, down in Carlo when Leash were Leinster Champions. Place was packed. Sunshine. So for a game between Leash and Carroll to be playing bad weather was a, was a huge change. But it did follow the trend of recent Leash Carroll games that Carroll gave as good as they got for as long as they could. And Leash found a way to, to sort of to, to get one order. Like Carroll went five points up again this year. They went five points up last year in Dr. Cullen Park, which was also a glorious day last year for, for February. Um, and Leash figured them out. Now, Carroll that night in Amore Park. They probably could have been seven or eight points up in the first half. Like they missed, they were they were very hard done by um, that foul on Jordan Morrissey. That could have been a goal. It could have been a black card. It ended up being just a point for Carlo. And they had other sort of half goal chances. That was a really clear cut one. Um, but then once Leash started picking off the and picked off the points quickly enough um, late in the first half, I, I I I didn't fear for Leash in the second half of that game. And the one half chance that Carlo got in the second half, I think it was. Ross Duntry sort of put it across the square and it was just waiting to be pulled on by someone coming through the centre and didn't at least clear the danger. And they got up the field and I think they went two points up and from the next kick out they got the goal. Um, but it was a good battle. I don't think Carlo did themselves justice with the way they approached that game. Like, Leash are going grand, but they're not Kerry or anything. And I think Carlo's approach and particularly conceding the Leash kick out every single time, mm. I think it, it limited their chances. And you know, you saw Tipperary only um, could, 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 should, could have beaten Leash, should probably have drawn with Leash, and, and were beaten by a point yesterday, and Carlo went and, and had a greater result against Leach. Um, I think I think Carlo nearly paid Leash too much respect on that particular occasion, but it wouldn't surprise me, it wouldn't overly surprise me if if they were to meet again in the in, in the final. Um, Leash are more or less there now at this stage, and the, the London and Leitrim are two, two London and Waterford are two, I can't see them losing either of those ones. Now, Leitrim might be a bit different, but I think Leach can nearly afford to lose Leach from at this stage and still finish first. That's all to play for behind um, for second place. And it could be under, like, Carlo play Wexford this weekend. And if it's tough enough running, Carlo do, do they still have to play Waterford? Am I right in saying that? I'll tell you what they have. They've got Wexford at, home, Wexford at home on Saturday. And then they've got to go to Longford, who are dark horses in this whole race now, I think. <laughs> and then obviously they finish up with a home tight London. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's London, London in the last one. Yeah. Like, like Longford, I think Longford and Wexford are still very much in the mix. Particularly like Longford play Leitrim mm. this weekend. Carlo play Wexford. Like it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world to see Wexford and Longford win those games. Like I think people can read a little bit too much into the league table in the National League. But there's only three games played or four games played. Like it's not a it's not a full picture until the end. Um, so I, t- I think there could be, and I, I don't think Tipperary are out of the picture either because Tipperary play Waterford, Tipperary play Tipperary might have to play Wexford, and the we'll Tipperary have, we'll play handy, some, Yeah, I have it here handy somewhere. Our friend Niall from JLE Tables, I think he's just doing on toll and what a product he has. If you haven't listened to the pod from Heard last it. week, any of our listeners, make sure you listen to it. But yeah, they're running for. Um, obviously, yeah, with Leash, it's uh, London, Leitrim, Waterford, with Carlo, it's Wexford, Longford, London. Uh, Longford then have, yeah, Leitrim, Carlo, Wexford, and Wexford's running is Carlo, Tip, and Longford. Now, Wexford have a dirty run in there, that's not nice. Ours isn't much better, the next two in particular. If anything, you'd be looking at that and you'd be saying, Jeez, Leash don't have a bad little run in there, they've got the hard work done, but you can't yeah. think like that in this league, can you? Probably not. I'm, I might be a little bit cynical. Like, I think if you want to get out, you had him there last week before they even played tip. 
I was thinking, Jesus, if there's any justice in the world now, Tip will win that and put Miller back in his box. No, <laughs> I, I, I think if you're, I think if you're thinking about getting promoted, and um, like I look at Division Three, and I think there's a whole lot of teams in Division Three, and possibly even into Division Two, that Leash or Carlo or anybody in Division Four shouldn't be fearing. But I think if Leash are serious about competing at that slightly higher level. They want to be getting out of Division 4 and being able to even experiment a little bit. And that, that's not trying to be cocky or anything of the sort because they should have like drawn with London last year. They conceded eight goals to down. They've been desperate the last couple of years. Um, but I think if if they're a little bit more serious about, about themselves, that they that I think that there's, and I said it on our own podcast today, that there, I think there's even scope for experimentation over the last three games that I think they can afford to experiment and still win the games that they need to win. I don't see them not winning two of those three games um, and it wouldn't be waiting until the last game to experiment do it as they go that's what division four is for like i'd rather get out of, i'd rather get stuck in division four while trying new players and they are trying new players um, and it is a balance in all of that but the worst thing to be would be to go back up with a sort of really tried and trusted team to you you know like with the same old faces again because there has to be a development of players. And if it, that, like, it's not great to be in Division 4, but the best thing about it being in Division 4 is it is more forgiving environment and it is a nicer place to introduce players um, to inter-county football and let them step up as they go because it will only get tougher the further you go up. But it isn't the worst place to introduce introduce players to. And yeah, I said before the tip match last week that I think Leeds were home and host. And I, I'm standing by that because I do think they have the hard work done. And if they're not fit to beat Waterford and London, even with sort of slightly experimental teams, and they have no business whatsoever going up to Division Three or you know contemplating latter stage of the Talchon Cup or whatever. Mm. Yeah, and look, we'll stick with football for now. We'll come to the hurling in a few moments' time. And like we said, look, we're on a similar trajectory in both codes. And I thought, well, you know what? We've had a lads uh, with a very strong leash links last week, and another guy the week before who had spent a foreseeable amount of time or a, a substantial amount of time, I should have said, over across the bridge as well. And it just seems that we are destined to meet in either of these codes and possibly both. <laughs> We've obviously got a bit of work to do. But I suppose from Carlos' point of view yesterday, I mean, you know, you kind of touched on it there. They do sit, okay, right, I, I take your point. I don't think they're anywhere near as defensive as what they were in 2017 or 2018. Mm-hmm. They do sit in in the first half in particular, right? And in the second half, they weren't given any bit of breathing room at all against Leash. I mean, they were squeezed, the kickout was squeezed. Mm-hmm. I think Leash actually gave Carlo a couple of the early kickouts in the first half. And I think they caught onto it fairly quickly. But then when they squares Carlos one day, it was just lights out James Tony stuff. But that's why I was a little bit surprised, I suppose, yesterday. Whenever you see something like that happening, and all these teams have each other's videos, Leitrim didn't really squeeze the Carlo kick out at all during the 70 minutes yesterday. And you'd be thinking, geez, after that 15-minute spell, we'll do what we can here to put him under pressure. And not only that, they made a right hands of their own kick out. Because, I mean, Leitrim Field had the game won a couple of times yesterday. That's what Andy Moore said. I don't know that Andy Moore forget that his keeper kicked 1-1 basically to Carlo from short kickouts in the space of 60 seconds. And they were four points up. And then, of course, typical Carlo style, the kickout comes and each one go down the far end and get a goal straight away less than 60 seconds there. That's the type of game we're looking at. 6-4 in the first half. And then it opens up in the second half. I think it was 1-12 to 2-8 to each one in the second half, which effectively in Division 4 could be full-time scorers. <laughs> We've seen that before. It was yeah. just a mad game of football. Very entertaining. But I have to call it for what it was from Leitrim's point of view. We've put our article up there earlier. Uh, we've got great feedback on, on that. And thanks a million for everyone who's, who's got in touch. If we don't start talking about these things, they're not going to change. Cynicism. We know it's in the game. We see it a lot on TV. We see it occasionally in Division 4. Yesterday from the get-go, in my view, Leitrim really were 
a little bit OTT with it. This thing of pulling and dragging off the ball, late hits, which they were allowed to do, unpunished, and in the 38 minute, Stephen, I swear to God, if you could get literally an action replay of Timmins going after Morrissey in the Leafs game, this is what it was, except for it was just a Leitrim player pulling him down, and it was a 38 minute instead of whatever it was, 20 minute in the Leafs game. And it goes unpunished again. And I don't know what's happening in these games. I think any time a referee is going in to speak to his umpires, he's coming out to see, is it a free or a penalty? And he's forgetting to actually hand out any disciplinary action. And I don't know about you, but I just think sometimes in this particular division, we come up against officials that literally would have you scratching your head. I, I think I think sometimes, and I think it's a thing with officials in any capacity, like if they're checking for one thing, they'll completely and utterly forget about another. You know, so they're checking, was it a free or what it was? And then they're forgetting that it was actually a black card. Um, it's like... Um, you know, maybe the guards checking for tax and insurance, and you could be drink driving, and they ignore that. Like, you know, <laughs> tax and insurance got like, you know, they're out checking one thing. But I look, I didn't see the full Leach from Carlo match yesterday, and it didn't surprise me that Carlo won that one because Division Four is just so inconsistent. That's why the teams are there in the first place. And like, you know, like last year, Carlo gave Leach a real good game in Carlo tracker of the game in Dr. Cullen Park and went up to Leitrim the following week and got absolutely hammered. Um, last week, Leitrim robbed Wexford with a goal in the last minute and I had friends from Leitrim that were down in um, Car- they, they do one away game every year and they went to Carlo this year. They were in Wexford last year and they had, heard they had great entertainment in the Irish Mans on uh, on uh, on Saturday evening. They were, they were in watching all the matches and that. But um, I told him, I said, I, I fancy Carlo in this match from the simple point of view that Leitrim won the week before and Carlo lost. <laughs> like, it, it could go that way. Um, but you're talking about cynicism and that. Like, that goal that, that Hulton got in the last minute, I was looking at that wondering, why didn't the Leitrim lad rugby tackle him and take, 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 take? There were two points, there were two points up. A free would have made it one point and the black card would have been utterly meaningless because the game was over. Yeah, so that, there you go. You've hit on consistency. Consistency will get you promoted. And it might also help you in in the latter stages of a game. If you're after doing it for the previous 69 or 70 minutes, well, why would you not do it at the most important time if you are going to be cynical? This is it. Well, yeah, my view on cynicism is that like the, the, the rules have, have changed in the last couple of years, which means that you're now properly punished for cynical tackles for the most part. Um that it's 10 minutes in, in, in the bin. And even like the, the old ones where you give away a penalty and you, you, you drag down a lad. Well, it's actually not worked that well because like you, you could, he could have missed the goal chance. The goal, he could have saved it. It could have hit the post or whatever. Whereas now you're giving him a penalty and you're getting sin bin. It's, it's, it's not worth it. But in the 74th or 5th minute of the match and you win him by two points, it's worth it then. And and no, like the only way of getting the rules changed in that regard would be to give maybe like basketball where you give them two free shots or two from from fourteen yards out or something. Um, yeah. But uh, look, I think I think there's probably a couple of things to the four in, in Division Four is inconsistency and inexperience, and teams will. I, I think as matches go on, you often see games. You know, as it, the cliche goes, take on a life of their own. Um, teams can be you know programmed beforehand, but by the time it gets to that stage of the match everything is out the window like and you know they forget things and you know it's just the, the people are tired and concentration is waning and all of that so but i definitely think if Leitrim were should have been cynical it was in that last minute of the game when carol like, the, the center was wide open at that stage and there was a couple of chances if, if 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 that's what you wanted to do to be really cynical when you're leading by two points in a game that is a sort of a promotion shootout mm. really i don't know you'd be channeling your inner um peter romani or something yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. And I suppose to pick you up on a couple of bits and bobs there, right? My understanding now of the ruling system 
is that if you are inside the 21, uh, not necessarily in the penalty area, but inside the 21 and it's a goal scoring opportunity, the referee has the discretion to actually award a penalty. And we saw this last year. David Goff gave Kerry a penalty against Cork when Ganey was fouled. I think it was Ganey and it was definitely outside the box. And he actually gave the penalty because there's a goal scoring opportunity. The rule allows for it. It's not applied. We don't see it. We just don't see it. And I suppose maybe it's um, often the case that it's hard to define. But if you're inside the 21 and there's nobody in front of you, only the keeper, and you're going to take a shot, and that rule it's is there, scoring opportunity. you're going to have to apply the rule. The other thing on this, right, I think we're a bit generous in, um, not generous, right, but we're nearly conditioned now almost to not criticise the referee at all at all. Like, we're in a situation, thou shalt not send to referees, and horrendous things have happened to them in the past couple of years in particular, which we don't condone. That's different story. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's toggery in many respects, right? But my personal view would be, if you're good enough to be of inter-county standard, then you're going to have to take a little bit more criticism. I feel we're at a stage now, Stephen, where saying anything bad about an inter-county referee is basically like saying anything bad about the Catholic Church in the 70s and 80s. We just can't do it. It's yeah. like it's outlawed. Well, like, I mean, is there any room for fair criticism anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I suppose one thing I hear is that, like, um, you know, oh, they're ruining the match or whatever, and it's shocking to have such a standard refereeing. But, like, players, like, and this isn't being holier than thou because everyone whinges to referees and that, but, like, you know, players make desperate decisions and desperate mistakes and do things very badly. And they're, like, the referees are part of that. They're part of the furniture. Like, I, I, I don't think the rules helped them on occasion. Like, I, I don't know how Leitrim were supposed to legally defend against Colin Hulton's run yesterday when he takes nine, ten steps or whatever it is. Um, how how do you defend against that? That's not the referee's fault. That's the rules' fault. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I have whinged to referees myself over the years as much as anyone. But I don't really like giving out about them that much, especially on a, on, a, on a public platform in the sense that I don't think any of them go out there to to to, to do anyone. Um, I do think they, they might not help themselves with some of their use of linesmen and umpires a little bit. Um, and that, but more often than not, my biggest issue with, with, with referee with referees is, is things like, um, you know, they see someone punching someone. And to give a yellow card. My view on that is, right, well, he, he hit him a box. If you saw it, it's a red card. What did you see that that you're only giving it a yellow card? You either didn't see it or or, or you saw it and it's a red card. So, um, You don't get yeah. a yellow card for half hitting someone either. Like, this is... Exactly. This is it, you know. And, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I mean, largely, that was my view as well. But we have to be able to put ourselves in a position where we can call these things i mean that's what we're here to do like at the at the end of the day and like the slogan is give respect get respect do you think jordan morrissey got respect the last two weeks in a row and he's pulled down going through on goal and your man went unpunished i mean yeah, no, really he, encouraging it like I, I i didn't see i didn't see the the, the lead from one but definitely the leash one like like we don't want to see that like you know you yeah. people neutrals don't want to see that and i think the referee made a very bad mistake in that regard like well, again we mentioned this in our own podcast last week technically it's a did, yellow. Did, 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 did he pull him back rather than pull him down, and he fell because it was so mucky and slippy? But it was still a professional foul that that was prevented a goal scoring opportunity. Again, the wording of the rules it's and the all that the rule, yeah. make, make yeah. a mess of it to an extent. But mm. no, like, and I see it. I mean, he was playing hurling for Leash on on Saturday night against Carroll, Paddy Purcell, and the amount of times I see Paddy Purcell rugby tackle to the ground, like, there's no skill in that. That's not what anyone wants to go to see. Um, yeah. 
but, but again, the rules should punish it properly. The rules should really punish it properly. And to, to, for the most part in football, they have moved towards punishing it. Like that night had the uh, Mark Timmons being black carded and maybe Carlo got a penalty. Then he would have been properly punished. But mm. the referee, like, like Leach got away with murder in that one. Got away, and it would have made it seven. It would have made it, I think it would have made it one three to no score, I think, or one four to no so, score. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Something like that. And even though Leach came back, that would have been a, a it's going back from six or seven points down, like it would have been a huge thing. Um, but I, I, I think the rules have improved a certain amount, but they definitely need him to, to, to go a little bit further again to cut out that that cynicism. Okay, well, look, that's probably enough to talk about referees. I've given a lots of airtime, but you see, we talked about consistency in Division Four, and I mean, this was my plan. If Carlo had a loss yesterday, they won. I'm still giving out about it, which some would say, why are you giving out? But, I mean, we're being consistent. That was going to be the view in the 73rd minutes. Or why, why not change it? Or yeah. why change in the 76 just because Carlo got a goal? Yeah. The thing on the steps, right? And I messed a few people on this earlier. And I, there's a theory on why guys get away with this, right? Like, there's no doubt about it. Holton has taken more than four steps in this. But I've seen it time and time again. I'll give you two very good Carlo examples now, right? Horse Lawler, right, used to come out from fullback or cornerback He'd put his hand over the O'Neill's on step three, and the ball would not hit the ground on the step eight. The action of playing the ball is what gets them away with the steps. Mm-hmm. And if you look closely again at Holton's one, he puts the ball into the left hand, making the action of dropping it onto the left foot on about step. It's actually on step five or six now when he does that. <laughs> and then he strikes it on about nine or ten. I, In my view, that's why they get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether that's right or wrong, but... You know, I don't know how you defend. How how do you defend about against that? Like your your chance to as a tackler to to knock it away is when they're hopping it, when they're soloing it, when they're kicking it, or when their hand has it away. If they have it in their hand, you're not going to knock it out of their hands legally, and you're not going to dispossess them legally. There there's no and now I do, like it happens the whole time. So like that Carlo Cole does some bottom and side was a fantastic finish, and it was uh, it was unbelievable, ball. wasn't it? I mean, it's that's incredible. We talked about that more so than the steps, but. You did mention the 10 steps, and I said, I may come back to one that and present this theory and see what I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Alan Brogan, Alan Brogan was a great lad for that. He used, he used and people probably won't, you know, don't see this now, but he'd started and he'd have that ball up like this. And by the time he had it down and bounced, sure, he had got about eight steps with it, like you know, yeah, yeah. They're the two greatest things that get disguised in the GA that and um, what do you call it, engineering the high tackle in hurling in particular. So a lad has the, the hurl up high, the ball back here, and he's leaning back before the tackle comes in, takes a bit of contact, his momentum brings him backwards, and it's a free out, and it's a high tackle, and in some cases, yellow card. Or Slaughter's good at that as well, actually. <laughs> he's getting lots of uh, love here tonight. The, the, real, the real pet hate of mine is um, freeze being taken from the incorrect place, and uh, I do always be mourning the linesmen and that about that one. Not that the linesmen ever really implemented, but um, like it's really annoying when a free is given and it's borderline. And by the time your man kicks it, he's five or six yards ahead of where the free was from. And I think a simple enough measure of that, definitely at inter-county, I don't think it's even manageable at club level, is have a little can of that foam that the soccer lads have. That's the spot. Mm. That's where you take it. You go past that. It's a throw-up. Simple as that. But lads robbing yards on freeze. And, um, you know, we my own club played the Leinster club match last year. Not against the Carroll. We played the Carroll lads and we had our own bit of aggro with them. But we played um, the Loud champions. And... Uh, they were, they were, the loud supporters were roaring about our free taker not taking it from the right spot. And I just turned around to him and I said, He'll take it from the same spot your lad takes it from. It's six or seven yards where, from where it should be, you know. But uh, no, I think that would be really, it's particularly annoying when a free is take, uh, given in a tricky position. 
maybe you know maybe outside the 45 and you can clearly see him kicking it a couple of yards inside the 45 by the time he kicks it or if it's out on the wing and he's way in from where it was that's my pet that's what my pet hates and i think it's so easily solved get on to the soccer let's see where do you buy those little cans of foam and we'll buy a box of them and give them to referees around around the country I said you let it sponsor it somehow or other. <laughs> kind of yeah. shaving foam or something going on. Yeah, it's not, it can't be that sophisticated. I know the, the ones the soccer lads use disappears, but I'm sure that the, the other one will probably disappear too, would it? It's only foam, it'll surely evaporate and all <laughs> I don't know, I haven't, I haven't shaved for a while, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but anyway, that's the that's the crack with that. But yeah, look, a fa- fabulous result for, for Carol. Leash obviously edged it out against Tipperary. It wasn't looking good for, for long periods there. But again, that's probably... If you take one example between last year and this year, that's that's pretty much it. Where you know last year they probably weren't winning those games, and this year they are, and they've been consistent. That's what we're talking about. You got to be that in this league to get out of it. We said it a few times in this pod already, but I mean the running is very interesting. We've we've spoken about it, and um, you know already I suppose when you get results like that, it's bringing more people into the gates. You're looking forward to these games. I mean Saturday and Sunday can't come quick enough again when mm-hmm. you're winning. You don't want it to come around at all when you're losing. But now all of a sudden there's a there's a real interest in this. It's by far, without a doubt, I think the best competition out there. And it's just where, where, where is the Wake Carlo Wexford match on? Is it is that in Dr. Cullen Park? Yeah, Saturday under lights in Dr. Cullen, yeah, seven. Oh brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Car- yeah. the fixtures have been grand to Carlo since four four home games and leash away. Yeah, it's not been too bad. And a, a, a trip to tip, I think, um was the one. And look, the long, no, the long London home. The long form will be tricky now. There's no yeah. doubt about that. And that's that's the one, look, not to be taken right off the ball. Wexford is no flat tires either. But with Longford, I mean, they, they won the Bourne Cup. They had momentum and then they lost a few games or whatever and went off the wagon. And now they might just come good at the right time. You don't know. They're, they're, they're not gone from it. No, they're not gone they're from it. Like definitely that. Not I think gone. Tipperary, Longford, Leitrim, Carlo, Longford and Wexford are all in the mix. Tip are, Tip are just hanging in because they drew a match and yeah. uh, they're after losing two. But if they were to win their last three matches and get to nine points, unlikely, but they give themselves a chance. And they're, they're, they might get promoted themselves, but they're more than capable now at this stage of ruining someone else's promotion. Mm. And that's it, yeah. Spoil, spoil the party sort of job. Now, I mentioned Conor Lauder, the horse Lauder, a few times, and I never mentioned him in the same breath uh, that I should have had, which was the, the, the hurling team of the week. He's listed full back on that one after his performance. Against Leash, he's now with the hurlers this last couple of years. Um, I don't know what did or didn't happen with Mr. Niall Carew, but I think they had a, some bit of a disagreement, and he opted to go back with the with the hurlers instead. So there was a real hell's kitchen of a full back line on the Carlos side. There was Dion Wall, Connor Lawler, and Paul Dyle, who were all full backs by trade. Uh, so if one if one didn't get you, the other one was going to get you. Um, look, the narrative that I'd like to start with here, I suppose, um, it might be seen to be a little bit negative or whatever. Like Carlo were flying it, we know that, but. There seems to be this air of Willie Marr out about Leash. Now, I don't know if that's among, I don't think it's among media as such, but I hear it among a fair share of supporters. And I'm going back through, okay, long-term history suggests that Leash have a far superior record to Carlo in Hurling. But in recent history, we now have a Carlo victory, a draw, a Leash victory. I mean, and they're all relatively narrow margins in most cases, right? Mm. So I don't know where this actually comes from. It's like as if, how could Leash possibly lose to Carlo and Hurling? And this is what I'm trying to understand. Is there is there that sense of entitlement over there, Stephen, or or am I getting this horribly wrong? <laughs> no, you're, you're you're probably fairly spot on in that. Like, and it, it doesn't like historically maybe yes, but like in recent times it doesn't stack up at all. Um, like there's there's of the current teams there's very little between them. Carlo were deserving winners the other night, and Carlo. Um, 
did leash huge damage last year in in the Dr. Cullen Park game in, in the group stages at Joe McDonough. There was a game a couple of years ago um, in horrific conditions in Moor Park. It was just before COVID. It was 2020. Leash won by a point and it was essentially a relegation game because it was Division 1B of the league or whatever and Leash won. And it was a really, like that was a good win over Leash or over Carlo. I think the previous year it might have drawn in Carlo. And Carlo, when Carlo have gone into the Leinster Championship in recent times, they've performed better than Leash have. Um, Leash the couple of years they were up in it didn't didn't compete strongly at all. Carlo, okay, Carlo won the other night fair and square, and in recent times it's more or less split 50-50 between them. Like there's, there's there's very little between them. But you look at the Carlo club champions. For the most part, they have been going better than the Leash club champions in the Leicester club. Like Mount Leicester obviously got to an All Ireland final. I know we're going back ten years now at this stage. St Mullins beat right down the Earl in the Leinster semi-final a cracker of a game down in Dr Cullen Park when they put up a decent performance against Ballyhale in the Leinster final and with the exception of Ballycolla uh, like Mount Leinster Rangers bet I think they bet Cameras at least once if not twice in the Leinster club championship mm-hmm. um, and with the exception of Clock Ballycolla a couple of years ago in getting to a Leinster final um, Carroll have a far prouder record in the Leinster club championship over the last 10 or 15 years than Leash teams do so like it, it, across hurling and football it's a an attitude that does my head in we shouldn't be losing to, you know, Carlo, or we shouldn't be losing. Why, 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 what gives us that divine right in any case? Um, and ter- so, like, it again, it's hurling in the middle of middle to late February. Um, you know, so Carlo, deserve, it, again, it would, even more so than the football, it wouldn't surprise me if Leach and Carlo were to meet in the Division Two final further down the line. Carlo now have taken a giant step towards. Um, the final of that competition of that competition, Leach are more than likely now going to have to go through the semi final. I, I think they will make that. I think like the, I think if they win one of their two remaining matches, they'll still take ter- third spot at worst. And I think they'll beat me. I think anyway. And I don't don't know. They don't have the, they have a bit of a hit and miss record against Kerry over the years, but I still think that I still think they'll be favourites to beat them, and they'll take te- second spot. And you know, it, it could be anyone then they'll be playing in in the semi final. But I think Carlo are. You know, safe enough now, and they're they're a strong enough position to reach the the final and and be in the new division two next year, which will be a good division because you'll be looking at the likes of Dublin, um, Westmead, Antrim, and then you'll have two fairly big hitters from, you know, you could have a Wexford or a Waterford or a Clare or someone, uh, down in it as well. So, uh, to get into the final in division this new division two or the two A this year is important. Um, these have meant things a bit more difficult for themselves. It is a troubled camp to an extent at the moment. They've lost a couple of backroom members. Is that player? Really or is it? Sorry? Is that player kind of induced? So so we believe. I'm, I, I don't really know the full ins and outs of it, but the, 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 the reality is that they've, they've lost two coaches that have gone for whatever reason. Um, there doesn't seem to be... like Willie, Willie Meyer to deal with from a media point of view is an absolute gent. Um, comes across a really likable fella, has a decent track record with a bit cooler up in Dublin. Um, you know, had a good 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 record with Tipperary underage teams and that. Um very polished media performer. That not that, that counts for a, a huge amount in terms of managing teams, but did a poor year last year, both league and championship, they had a poor year. Um and in Division Two, like he mentioned after the first round of the league against Down, that they're in the middle of a heavy training block. And again, this comes back to what I was saying a bit about the football. Take the risk now for benefits further down the line. And like you don't want to be losing to Carroll here, but they do want to be getting to that final. And um, but 
all is not well from what I can see with the, with the hurling camp and wouldn't be the most unleashed thing in the world for them not to be happy with a manager uh, in either hurling or football but as it stands and I thought Le Carlo were 11-8 the other night and I knew with a bit of rumblings in the camp beforehand that um, even though sometimes that puts pressure on the players it's not ideal and I think when we're coming up against the top team in the division that it wasn't ideal and Carlo were a great bet at 11-8 and fully deserves winners the other night but it wouldn't surprise me to see them play again. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if the result was the other way around. And I think Carlo are on a really good path. I think there is a real scope for progression. I, I would believe that they may take a scalp in Leinster, genuinely. I think they're really flying it. I mean, 12 months ago. Like, this is the thing, right? And this is why it's interesting and kind of part of the reason why I was bringing up maybe what was going on in the leash camp or what wasn't going on in the leash camp, right? Like, this time 12 months ago, Tom Mullally took a very heavy-handed approach. Mouse Kavanagh, Chris Nolan, all those guys didn't play a whole lot in the earlier parts of the league stages. And Carlo took big, big beatings because of it. There was, I don't know the exact ins and outs of that, but there was reasons for it. And he was willing to put his job on the line effectively because they were getting beatings from, like, Kallir gave him a hiding and Kallir obviously got to the final and all that after. And then come to John McDonough time, they started clicking or whatever and everyone had come back in. And Tom O'Lally's a right lad now, all of a sudden. <laughs> you know what I mean? They won the John McDonough. They've after starting the league very, very promising, and they still are targeting Leinster Championship. Like they're doing heavy, heavy training at the minute still, and they're still putting in performances, which is very, very encouraging, obviously. But it's just interesting, like the way that whole thing works, where perception, take perception into account. And look at last year again, awfully did leash over basically. If you look at it, if you want to put it that way, they put out a second string team against Carlo. Carlo wanted the shite out of him. And it came back to bite me, I think, a little bit in the end. But Leash, I think, lost out because of that, if I'm not mistaken. They, they did, but they also lost Hoffley and only drew with Carlo and didn't have, like, um, the way the fixtures fell meant that that could happen. But I think in that in that competition, if you didn't beat Hoffley and you didn't beat Carlo, you didn't deserve to be in the final of the competition. Um, and, you know, I, I think this year, I think this year there's a semi-final in the Joe McDonough, which hasn't been the case previously. Awfully now, or awfully are in the, in the Joe McDonough, but they're not in the Division 2 of the league. But um, I do think for, in terms of matches, it's, a, it's, it's in terms of a season, it's short in the sense that all the matches are played between end of early February and end of June, essentially, for, for the Leashes and Carlos of this world. But mentally, you have to go to the well so often in matches um, that... You want to be at your sharpest at the most important time. And I saw a great quote from it was in Anthony Daly's column in The Examiner, but he was referencing a chat he had with Mickey Hart about 20 years ago when Mickey Hart was managing Tyrone and he was managing the Clare Hurlers. And he asked Mickey Hart, what, what, what do, you, do you want with, from the league? And Mickey Hart said, I want to win it, but I want to win it with, with room for improvement. You know, so Mickey Hart wants to win everything, but he didn't want to win it flat out. And I think, especially in in in, so I think it's to say, particularly in Hurling, um, Leash and Carlo both want to win Division Two of the league, but they can't afford to win it at full pelt because if they do, the well will run dry in more important competition down the line. Um, and that Joe McDonough is going to be tricky. Like awfully, you know, we're fairly competitive with Kilkenny for long spells yesterday, and they're in the Joe McDonough Cup. Um, it is a bit more forgiving this year with three teams with with, with a semi final play stuff for guys. But if you go to semi final route, you're going to have a busier schedule. So that could come back and bite because again, the teams in the Joe McDonough Cup and Division Two League, they don't have a strong panels. So mm. they, they don't have strong panels and a very hectic fixture list. It's a recipe for um, it's a recipe for disaster, really. But uh, look, Carlo, Carlo definitely seems to, and the Carlo have had the tougher set of fixtures up to now. But again, wouldn't surprise me if 
they play again. Um, but it will have to be in a final. Yeah, and look, you, you've hit on it there. Depth is the big thing. And if you look at Offaly, just a word on them, I suppose, you know, with, with Leash going up against them in the John McDonough, and what they're doing, I suppose, at the minute in Division 1, they've been seriously competitive. Like, they're, they were six points up against Lakenny yesterday at halftime in Nolan Park. They're no flat tyres. Kylie's back there, centre-back. They're moving well. Like, it's it's gas because I would think Carlo and Offaly have a pretty good relationship and a pretty good understanding, despite the whole rigmarole over putting out a second team and a bit of banter around that last year. And, like, I don't know, but a lot of people would say Leash Offaly is a far greater rivalry than uh, a Carlo Leash rivalry. What, what, where is it at for you, do you think? Well, you see, it's probably down to geography. Like, Leash Carlo in football is a huge rivalry because they're, they're, it's probably fair to say that close to the heartland of Leash football borders on Carlo town. And so many people do their shopping in Carlo to go for pints in Carlo. They're familiar with the clubs in Carlo. There's the big crossover with Knockbeg and with Carlo CBS and things like that. That's why the Leash Carlo football rivalry is huge. Um, and there's been such a crossover of managers and stuff like that over the years. Whereas there's not one there's not one Leash hurling club geographically close to Carlo. You know, they're close to Offaly. Like um, you know, Camros are no Camros had their dinner dance in Borough, for example. And there's yeah. always a crossover of Offaly managers coming into Leash and Leash managers going over to Offaly and, and stuff like that. So, um, and there'd be a good Leash football rivalry with Offaly as well. But that's the Leash Offaly hurling rivalry is just down to geography. You know, like Clonus Lee is right up on the border, Rose and Alice isn't too far away from it, Camros, um, Castletown, Boris, Kilcotton, all that side of the county. And it, like, there's none of the Leash hurling community close to Carlow. And there's probably a little bit of a crossover with someone going down to college in IT Carlo or Setu Carlo, and there has been, a, you know, they've played with each other in the Fitzgibbon Cup and that. But they're at a very similar level. But I don't think they're, I don't think they're traditional rivals in 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 the same way, um, in the same way as they would be with Offaly. Interesting, interesting. Look, I'm going to change tack ever so slightly because in a couple of weeks' time, Carlo are playing down. That's our next fixture, and it's down for. Netwatch Cullen Park. Now, Ronan Sheen, the down manager, is quite outspoken on Twitter. <laughs> a lot more outspoken than a lot of other intercounty managers. And obviously, we had a fracas a couple of years ago where there was all kinds of allegations thrown out there against the, the Carlo Hurlers at the time. Um, and he does a good job promoting Hurling. He's all fired. He's one of those true gales and this, that, and the other. But yet, there's never a game in Newry. It's always out in Ballycran, next stop yeah. Scotland. Like, I don't know if there's a consistency or an inconsistency with that. I'm going to start a petition to get this game played in Bahana down in St. Mullins. <laughs> and they might know what Ballycran and Bahana is in common then, I suppose, when it comes to these fixtures. Like, it's a tasty one for Carlo, and uh, and they've always had this kind of um, ding-donger with, with down. Like, it's been hell for later. And the pitch up there is absolutely rubbish as well for what it's worth. <laughs> so, like, you have to get the ferry out to it. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're caught on time or whatever... They ferry over to it. Some lads now go around, depending yeah. on what's going on and whether or not all that and waiting and usual kind of. I don't know. And, and this is purely tongue in cheek, but uh, I'd say they might cancel the boat on you as well. Then try every trick in the book, I think. And look, yeah. sure, I suppose we all try our little tricks to the thread. Yeah, I'll bring him, bring him to St. Mullins. I'm just thinking if it was in Leash, where would you bring him? Mount Rat, I'd say, would be the place to bring them to. I actually, yeah. I actually think that like. Moore Park is a fine stadium and ground and all that, but like for Division Two league matches, it's it's 
it's unsuitable, really. Like the, the, it's too big. There's nobody on the terraces now. It, because they play all their club championship matches in a Moor Park, it is probably a proper home advantage because they're used to the ground and definitely came to their help a couple of years ago when they played Dublin in Leicester or in the Ireland that famous All Ireland qualifier game in uh, in Moor Park when they beat them. But I would love to see the likes of Mount Rat developed as a secondary county ground with a small stand. Um, Something similar to what's in Setu Carlo there, like a, a stand that can hold a couple of hundred people, modern, small terracing around the pitch. And I tell you then, if Leash were in Division One, the the Kilkenny's or Wexters or whatever, they'd far rather be going to Moor Park than going to Mount Rant or somewhere. Yeah, you even see at the minute, look, there's a lot of talk about Caseman Park, but Corrigan Park is an awful place to get results in. Like the top, top teams have struggled to get results up there because effectively, okay, there's a bit of work actually been done to that as well, and it does look a lot classier now. But it is not an easy place to get a result. So it does it does count for something. I mean, in one sense, I suppose, while I'm a bit critical of the down games taking place in Ballycrant, there is a great deal of sense in it from trying to gain They're and garner an advantage. But you're like you know, if home advantage for a reason, like like I I think I think this is the case in hurling and football. Um like Omur Park, and again, this is a Carlo podcast, I say, but Omur Park, I feel, gets too many matches at the height of the year, and it's often not in wonderful condition. And you have a the likes of Port Arlington, Cretiard, which has stands, which could do a little bit of TLC. But I think um, with a bit of work, and it could be like joint ventures with the county board that like they upgrade the floodlights, they put a small bit of effort into terracing, you know, modernise them. You look at, like they put nice terracing into Corrigan Park as well as the stand. Um, you look at like like Derry have have two grounds, obviously at Celtic Park, but they also have um, the their the Centre of Excellence or whatever that's used. And Leach played another qualifier game there a couple of years ago. Like Offaly have Tullamore and they have Burr. Galway have Toome and they have um, they have Pierce Stadium. Kerry have two stadiums. Cork have two stadiums. Like, I don't think if the likes of Offaly can have two county grounds. Monaghan have played National League matches in three different grounds in Monaghan, in Division One of the Football League. If mm. Derry, Offaly, Monaghan, these counties can have more than one county ground in use, I don't see why the likes of Leach can't. And, and Carlo as well. Um, yeah. And, and, Bringing, you know, Leeson down, which gets about 500 people to a Moor Park, a huge big stadium that can, you know, probably hold 20,000. Give that to me in Mount Rat any day of the week and and bring up. And, you know, it would ease pressure on our county ground so much. Um, but there's no sort of appetite or vision for something like that at the moment. Um, even though it was called for before in strategic reviews that Leash have done that there be second secondary county grounds developed. But... That was probably pre-recession and stuff like that, and it was you know it, it's not particularly cheap to do these things, but um, I do think it would I think it would add to the value, um, and everyone would get benefit out of it. And like, what would be wrong then with maybe hurling quarterfinals or football semi-finals or junior county finals or something in some of these places? I don't I wouldn't see anything wrong with it at all. I was just thinking there, if Carlo and Down is in Bahana and St. Mullins, he won't be sending you down there anyway because I, I'd be afraid <laughs> you wouldn't come back over after last year. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you care to comment on that particular one, but anyway. Uh, yeah, we, my own club, Bananock, went down and played St. Mullins in the Leinster Junior Club Championship last year. And because of what I do when I'm in leash, like I won't say boo to a linesman, a referee, an opposition, sub, or mentor, or anything like that. I'm on my best behavior. But, um, we went down to St Mullins and we we actually struggled to feel the team because our captain was getting married and we tried umpteen attempts to get the match moved and postponed and we couldn't look for a postponement before we won our own county final because there was only an eight day gap between the two and we didn't get it and uh, I uh, when I was outside the county and I didn't know the linesman or the official or the opponents I was like a, a, like an old lad on a 
on a you know it'd be a sub teacher in and it'd be it'd be good for the real teacher but if there was a sub teacher in you'd give them grief and that's what i was like down in in carlo and we had a ding dong right ding dong battle with sam mullins and uh, got into a little bit of aggro but nothing nothing too nothing too nothing too serious and we lived to we lived to fight another day but I wouldn't be volunteer voluntarily taking on those ads again. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying, boy. I get what you're saying. Look, it's all part of it. We all get we all get wound up. So James, I went over to play a junior C match again. Ye boys last year. Right. And some lad some lad kicked the football off the cone and we were one point down trying to chase it. Junior C football ball up. I went in and swept the legs from under. I don't know what the hell went through my head. But it did happen. Now in fairness that lad, that lad you were picking on was a good good friend of your brother-in-law's, I think. I know that. And I didn't realise that afterwards. I didn't realise the age either. And I literally went oh. against everything that I ever stood for. Only now it's happened. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, he looks a lot bigger than his age. He's big big lad, all right. But look, I wouldn't mind that thing about chaps or that. If they're big enough, they're able for that type of thing. And uh, especially if the... You know, you do something that, like, you put yourself in the line of fire then prepare for what, what comes your way. But... Um, Mm. That's yeah. the joys of Steve. That's the joys of it. Look, we're um we're nearly at the the end of the the episode here. I had a couple of things in mind to to ask you before we we finished up, and one of them has just eluded me now at this particular moment in time. But look, the, the, the success of least today, I suppose, just before we finish up on that one anyway, I wanted that go on. Is you're seven years at it now. I mean, right, yeah. I, I see I see it here from the Cardiff perspective with with the left wing back, and I would draw a lot of comparisons, I suppose, yeah. to what you do, but it's nowhere near. I suppose the offering that, that you provide, and I don't want to be getting into news anyway, to be honest with you. But like as we as we record here, it's it's a Monday night, it's uh it's quite late, and you know, you've been on the go since probably six or seven o'clock this morning. It's hell for later this <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. As I'm saying it's hell it's hell for later like this stuff, and it's um it it's is not easy it to is. keep the show on the road, but you must be delighted with the landscape of it and where it's at now. Ah, yeah, like it's. I suppose my back. I worked in newspapers, I worked in the Leinster Express, I worked in the Limerick Leader, and I love media. And I was looking at um, job opportunities, and there wasn't really that many. And I was in my early thirties at the time, and I was looking at the newspaper sales, and they were just coming down um, year on year. I said, "There's absolutely no future in traditional newspaper sales," and I think it was a big mad offering. A big mad gap, I suppose, for like I, I was working in Limerick and I, you know, keeping an eye on the leash club football scene or whatever. And like, I think it was a minor county final one time on a Monday night. And I said, there was no report or no detail of it to be got anywhere. And I said, there's a massive gap. Like, uh, and I said, and I was looking at like the balls.e, the journal.e, 42.e, these guys. I said, that could be done locally. And I said, then it, I said, I could do that. And it sort of we did. And, um, but we cover everything like we, we the only thing we don't really cover is court but we cover like there was a leash county council meeting today and i had a reporter at that like for half the day and um, we've a full-time staff with three full-time staff um and uh, one fairly consistent contractor let's say and then with a team of contributors but they come and go depending on how busy it is like sport and the ga in particular is our bread and butter and we when we set up initially it was a free model the entire thing was free to access all online online only news service um uh like the journal.e but exclusive to leash and when we set up first it was exclusively um advertising that ped, ped, ped the way for us which was tough and covid made it tougher um, and in June or July 2021, we introduced the paywall on our sports coverage to 6.99 a month, and thankfully that has worked fairly well. Like we'd always like it to grow it further, but it has absolutely been a godsend in terms of keeping keeping the show on the road. And people have bought into it. Now we took a bit of flack for that at first. I expected it. Um, people weren't happy. I suppose if something was free for so long, and but the other part, we got the flack because people 
wanted the service that we provide. And it is tough going. Um, like, Ginny, people think we're a much bigger operation than we are. Um, and like the ring and they'd look to get through to our accounts department or our, you know, such a person. And they're like, well, you're talking to it. Like, you know, that's uh, that's it. But uh, no, look, it's a ter- ter- thoroughly enjoyable thing that we do. And I suppose we probably view ourselves, I view myself as maybe the type of person who should be consuming it. And am I keeping myself happy? Like if I want to know do the, the credit yard footballers win, and at least today isn't telling me, then I'm not happy. So um, look, the GA is a huge thing for us. And uh, I think we are, you know, I think we're we're providing a decent service. And um, the $6.99 a month is a small enough price in the overall scheme of things. It has worked to an extent. Our news coverage remains free of charge. It's a big year for us on the local news scene. It's a local election year. And that is huge. Like our biggest weekend of traffic in the seven years that we set up was the 2019 local elections. And it's like, you know, the World Cup only comes around comes around every four years. The local elections only come around every five years. There could be 50-plus <laughs> candidates in three different areas um, fighting for 19 seats. It's absolutely doggy dog stuff, and it's as local as you get, and every emotion under the sun. I absolutely love that side of it. As Alan Hart, my colleague, said, he said, put GA and politics together, and Stephen is off. Like, you know, but uh, no, look, we really enjoy what we do. We really enjoy sort of keeping an eye on what other similar space to ourselves do, like yourselves in Carlo. And I listened to both Mick Yo, Billy O'Loughlin, and Niall from Niall from the yeah, GA League table. So, like, we, we're keeping a close eye on you there as well, like, you know. Good stuff. Well, look, after this week, we'll probably move away from, from these people. So, we're not a threat to you. We're, uh, we're, we're networking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as it doesn't get to the COVID thing, in order to stay together, we must stay apart. I don't think we'll be going too bad, yeah. Exactly, but, yeah. Uh, no, listen, look, it's... Uh, been thoroughly enjoyable having a chat with you here and obviously been on your podcast a couple of weeks ago really enjoyable there's a good relationship there and look i wish i wish you nothing but the best i hope we're crossing paths again maybe later on exactly. Exactly. um in, in both hurling and football and we'll yeah. see so we, we might look. we might play we might do an episode a joint episode we should do a similar a simulcast or something from crow park or something there you go could work yeah. Streamyard will allow it yeah, exactly. no problem. Split the split the traffic or whatever, and right. look, um, we, whatever's going on on yours now on mine, so we'll just call it 50 yeah. 50 anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have that cup of tea as well. Somebody yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Listen, yeah. Th- thanks a million, Stephen. I really appreciate Great it, stuff. and thanks for coming on. Great stuff, right. Thanks very much. Yeah, so there you have it. Fantastic insight there from Stephen Miller over leash today, and thanks again to Stephen for coming on. Uh, well done again to Carlo after a super weekend and of course the tension now turns to the next couple with plenty of work to do. Colin Hulton's goal will definitely live long in the memory indeed. Thanks again to our sponsors Curra Sports, Ray Whelan Limited, Murray's Bar in Ballamurphy, Porrython Motors, Paddahorn Photography, Detail Men's for Carlo, PFT Travel and Art Spas. And if you want to get in touch with us regarding some advertising, email info at leftwingback.com or drop us a DM on social media. Our stats are very good for the first month, and it is very affordable, and it does help us keep the show on the road. Until next time, take care.